my privilege this morning to be able to introduce you to another family member who uh, is very much a part of our family. Uh, for those of you who don't know Pastor Sonny, Pastor Jeff and Pastor Sonny grew up spiritually under Pastor Sonny's dad's ministry, Pastor Howard Knatzer. So they've been in ministry for many years, and they are brothers, if you will, in the ministry. So would you please help me give a warm Turning Point Church welcome to Pastor Sonny Knatzer. Bless you, man. Oh, what an awesome today to be in the house of God. Can I do something right now? I want to speak peace in the house. Those that are watching online, listen, some of you did not come out to church today because there's such an anxiety in you about being around crowds. I understand that. Grateful that we can be online with you. Others are far distance away and you couldn't be here because of distance. But we want you to engage in this service. And I want to speak a peace over your life right now in your household. And to everyone that's here, there are people that are here, they're still a little edgy. You know, you you come in and you get around certain people, they're a little still, a little edgy about being around other people. Uh, They want to make sure everybody's got their mask on. I do have mine. Uh, They want to make sure everybody's keeping their distance. But this is the world we're living in right now. And if the enemy can create fear in us, you know what? He wins. Because if he creates fear, then he can control us. But God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and love and of a sound mind. I want to speak to that fear. I want to speak to the storm that may be brewing on the inside. And us that are here in this service, well, I want there to be such a peace in this place today. That the word of God can go forth into our hearts and we can leave and just says, ooh, I've been in his presence. And in his presence, oh, there's joy. There's peace. And there's exactly what he knows we need today. So I'm just going to ask you just to, if you would, just lift up your hands. If you're watching at home, just lift up your hands to the Lord. And let's just take a moment to enjoy His presence. Lord, we just enjoy Your presence. Lord, I speak to the storms going on in people's lives right now. The storms going on in families right now. I speak peace. Be still. Holy Spirit, thank You for Your presence here today. Thank You for Your presence in homes all around this nation and around the world. Holy Spirit, prepare our hearts to receive your word, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, what a year we have had. It's been a wild and crazy time, hasn't it? I just wrote down, I was just... This morning before I came out, I just wrote down some things. The 2020 adventure. Uh, the past six months. Wow. COVID-19. Who would have ever thought something like that would have ever happened? Then the mask dilemma we've been under. Man, I tell you, I've never ordered more masks online thinking I need a, I need a better one. I need a different one. So I ordered one. And of course it came from China. 
I got a mask. I said, well, they said you need one with a face shield. So I ordered one with a face shield. Then I put it on and I looked through it. And it was like looking through a fogged up mirror. You couldn't see anything. I said, well, that's not going to work. Then I saw one that was clear. I thought that's what I need because I want people to see me smiling during this time. So I bought one. It showed up this week. We got these plastic. It was like wearing an oxygen mask. I put it on. It's going. I said, that's not going to work. So I got me a Texas mask. I'm still looking for more. I said, man, I, I've got to, I got to get me the right mask to wear. Cause when I go to the store and I've got a mask, I like to talk to people and you know, do you, do you know that this year in Hebrew, it was the year 5780, uh, from last September till just this week. And the Hebrew, uh, Number 5780 means the year of the mouth. Can you believe that? And it was the year they tried to mask our mouth, mute what we were supposed to say. And we just moved into this week, we moved into the new year, 5781, in the Hebrew calendar. And it's the word silence, a silence in our mouth. Like it takes more strength really to be silent than us just to speak out. So this is year we need to think before we speak. Uh, recently, I got off Facebook because I was hearing everybody talk, and they weren't being very nice. And even some of my friends that I just said, "Oh, I can't watch this," so I'm going to put it aside for a while, and I'm just going to I'm just going to spend some time with Jesus. I put on my Facebook. I said, "I'm only going to speak to Jesus for a while." And I spent a lot of time talking to him, but I thought about it. COVID-19, and then the mass. Then we saw injustice in our nation that led to some peaceful protests. And those peaceful protests got hijacked, and they became nights of rioting and looting across our nation. And then, you know, there have been, it, there has been in California and Oregon close to four million acres burned in California. In Oregon, in, in, in the past few weeks, and loss of life. Uh, did you know that in Portland, Oregon, just a few days ago, they had the worst air quality in Portland, Oregon, than anywhere in the entire world, in our nation. It was the hottest day, just a couple of weeks ago, the hottest day ever recorded in history in California, 121 degrees the hottest day in the history that they have recorded. But the same day, it was the hottest day in California, there was a cold front that came through the Midwest, and it was snowing in Colorado. Weird, isn't it? There have been hurricanes on the Gulf Coast. There have been 12 named tropical storms, six hurricanes, three which were major, and there's one right now churning near the Texas border. There have been earthquakes in New Jersey, North Carolina, Salt Lake City, Nevada, and California. Just a couple of days ago, they had a 4.8 earthquake in the midst of all the fires. There have been, in California, I was reading this morning, 22 earthquakes in the past 24 hours, 169 in the past seven days, 682 in the past 30 days. 11,542 in the past 365 days. Some small, some a little larger. There have been 1,137 tornadoes in the United States in 2020. 
804 have been confirmed. There have been 78 deaths as a result of that. Romans 8.22 says, Creation is groaning in pains of childbirth. As the coming of the Lord draws near, creation is having a nervous breakdown. As it waits, the redemption of all the sons of God. In the midst of all of that, we've had peace treaties in the Middle East and with Israel that we haven't seen in many, many years or ever. And as Brendan said, we're about to enter into an election year that in my 68 years of living, I don't believe there's been one quite like this. Who knows what's going to happen? I'm on an adventure here. I prayed for many years that I would be alive during the end times. I am. I don't like it. But apparently God thought we would be good living in this time because we're here. We are the church that's living during these end times. And wow, I wonder what God is going to do next. Well, my message today is I'm going to share with you what I just call mysteries, maybes, and must. Mysteries, maybes, and must. That's the title of my message. You know, there are mysteries in the kingdom of God. Anybody realize there are mysteries in the kingdom of God? Here's one of the, here, I want to show you how deep theologically I am. I'm deep, okay? There's a mystery to me why God would allow and Noah would allow two mosquitoes to get on the ark. Isn't that deep? That's a mystery to me. And I say, I begin to search it out. God, why would you allow these mosquitoes? They're pesty. I was sitting on my back porch just getting bit, you know. Why would you allow these pesty, blood-sucking, you know, disease-carrying pests around us? And I begin to study. And I realized and found out that the larvae of the mosquitoes feeds fish, frogs, spiders, dragonflies. It would hurt our ecosystem if there were no mosquitoes. Certain mosquitoes pollinate certain flowers. I said, okay, God, you win. I don't completely understand it, but... That was a mystery. I thought of Job. Job to me is a great mystery, the mystery of suffering. When Job began to suffer and his friends came alongside of him and they couldn't say anything for seven days because they just saw the misery he was in. But they began to explain to him why he was suffering. Guess what? They got it wrong. Job began to reason within himself why he was suffering because he couldn't figure it out. He got it wrong. And then he asked God, God, I need to have a conversation with you. And guess what? God showed up. And God said to him in chapters 38 through 41, now listen, and here's what God said. Who are you? A mere man to question and accuse me, the creator and sustainer of all creation. I am God, you are not. I do things you will never understand. We can look back on it and we understand some things Job didn't understand. God was allowing the accuser, the devil himself, see that God had men on earth who would not deny him regardless of what they went through. We know that. Job did not know that's what was going on. But that they would trust him 
and not give up under the worst circumstances. The end result was that God blessed Job with more in his latter days than in his beginning days. You know what? He lived 140 years to enjoy those blessings. It was a mystery to me why he left Job's wife. Can you remember Job's wife? She said, Job, why don't you just curse God and die? Why? I understand now because Job was going to need her because she was going to have several more children and restore the children that they had lost. But the mystery of suffering, it's a mystery to me. Paul went through it. Listen to this, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8 out of the Living Bible. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but not crushed and broken. We are perplexed because we don't know why things happen as they do. But we don't give up and quit. We're hunted down, but God never abandons us. We get knocked down, but we get up again and keep going. These bodies of ours are constantly facing death just as Jesus did. So it is clear to all that it is only the living Christ who keeps us safe. Suffering is a mystery to me. I walked in a mystery for sometimes when I was in my late 20s when my father, who was pastoring a great church in Dallas, Texas, we're in the midst of a great revival, and he got cancer at the age of 53 and died. That was a mystery to me. It was a mystery to me when my friend Kathy Wickwire was told that she had a brain tumor. We prayed. We prayed. Didn't we pray, church? It was a mystery to me when God took her to be with him. You know, there are some things we're not going to understand on this side of heaven. We're just going to have to trust the Lord with all of our heart and not lean to our understanding. Deuteronomy 29, 29 says, Secret things belong to the Lord our God. But those things that are revealed belong to us and our children, that we may do all the words of the law. Daniel had a vision of the day we're living in right now, a vision of the end time. And in that vision, he began to write, and then all of a sudden, he said, I don't understand. And he wrote it in Daniel 12, 8, he says, I do not understand what you mean. How will this finally end? And the angel just said, go, Daniel, for what I said is kept secret until the end of time. I'm not going to reveal it to you, Daniel. That will be revealed in the end of time. That's our day. John, the revelator, on the Isle of Patmos, having this great vision of the day in which we're living right now. And... There were seven thunders, the Bible says, that spoke in Revelation chapter 10. And I was about, John said, to write it down. But her voice from heaven saying, keep that secret. Seal that which the seven thunders have said. Do not write it down. I will reveal that later. There are some things God just said, I'm going to keep to myself. And we just have to be able to trust in God. But listen to this, 1 Corinthians 2, 9 out of the Living Bible. This is what the Scriptures mean when they say, No eye has seen, nor ear heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. But it was to us that God revealed these things by His Spirit. For His Spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. 
No one can know a person's thoughts except the person's spirit. No one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit. Aren't you grateful for the Holy Spirit? We receive God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. Do you realize in the church age we've been given, we, God has revealed more secrets and uncovered more mysteries any time in the history of the world. And he's revealing things to us more and more every day as we seek him. Like a hidden treasure, he's revealing and covering things to us. I know I've sought him for years, and there were things I didn't know, but God began to reveal, oh, yeah, that's why you did that. One day when we get to heaven, you know what we'll do? We're going to stand before God. We're going to look back at our life on this earth, and we'll go, oh, now I get it. I didn't understand it then, but I understand now. You're God. I wasn't. There are mysteries in the kingdom of God. There are mysteries going on in 2020 we'll never understand. There are mysteries going on in your life right now. But God is a God of mysteries. And if he wasn't that, he wouldn't be God if we could figure him out. But God is willing and ready to reveal himself, and he will continue to reveal himself. Then secondly, there are some maybes. Maybes. Now, what I mean by that is there are some non-essential essentials of our faith that will not determine whether they go to heaven or not. They're just non-essentials. They're maybes. You might be right. I might be right. You may be wrong. I might be wrong. Just maybe he's in the kingdom of God. And I begin just to, I don't have time to get into this. This is a teaching all within itself, but I'll just throw some of them out of there. Uh, there there's been some maybes about water baptism. I had a lady that uh, came in the back of the church. I saw her coming in. And I was about to start the service. I was standing in the altar of the church. And she comes down with an intention. I didn't know what she wanted. She came. She stood beside me in the altar. And she immediately began to explain her, uh, her theological belief. And she goes, I want to know, what, how do you baptize? Do you baptize in the name of Jesus? And she began to tell me why you had to baptize only in the name of Jesus. And I couldn't say anything to her because she kept talking. I went, finally she took her breath. I said, I'll tell you how I I, I baptize. I baptize in the name of Jesus for the glory of God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And she began to go on. She didn't hear me. And she began to explain to me why she baptized and why I should be baptized only in the name of Jesus. And then she marched out. She was headed to her next church. But do you baptize in the name, as Jesus said, of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit? Or you do it like they did in the book of Acts when they said, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus. Well, maybe you're right. Maybe you get baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Maybe I, that person, you baptize in the name of, it's not going to determine whether you go to heaven or not. Baptism does not determine. You don't have to be baptized even to go to heaven. Ask the thief on the cross. Now, baptism is essential. And our walk on this earth, but it's not essential whether we get to heaven or not. That's just one of those maybes. There's another maybe. Do you worship on Sunday, the resurrection day, or do you worship on Saturday, the Sabbath? What day do you worship? And you've got something to say, you've got to worship on the Sabbath day. That's the only day. And they're pretty strong about it. Then they say, no, we worship on the day Jesus was resurrected. You know, that's a non-essential. 
I just think it's important to gather with the people of God and, and worship like we did here today. That's what's important. If you do it on Saturday, glory to God. Enjoy yourself. If you come together on Sunday, glory to God. Let's enjoy ourselves. Romans chapter 14, verse 5 and 6. One man considers one day more sacred than another. Another man considers every day alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. He who regards one day special does so to the Lord. It's not essential. It's just maybe. Maybe you're right. I don't mind worshiping on Saturdays. I don't mind worshiping on Sundays. I'm going to worship the Lord. Here's another one. You ready for this one? How about the rapture? When are we going to be raptured? Pastor, you believe in the rapture? Oh, yes, I do. Somebody's going to be raptured today. You realize that? They're going to be caught up today. Do you believe that Jesus is going to come in our lifetime? Well, I believe he's going to come in your lifetime. There's going to day he's going to call your name. But what about the rapture? Some believe that we're going to be raptured. This is what I believe. Before the great tribulation. The church is going to be raptured. Some, I was reading three books in the past few months during this COVID stay-at-home period. I read three books. One, and it was all on the end times. I read one book, and it says, we is, it's guaranteed, the Scripture stated, we are going to be raptured before the Great Tribulation. And they were what they call pre-trib. I pray they're right. So, then I read a second book. They used the same Scripture, said, nope. We're going to be raptured mid-trib. In the middle, three and a half years into the tribulation, the church is going to be raptured. Then I read my third book. Guess what they said? Using the same scriptures, they said, no, we're going to go through the tribulation, and they are post-trib. We're going to be raptured after the tribulation. Let me just say, if you live your life the way you're supposed to, it will not matter when the rapture is. Just live right with God. Don't be worried about, oh, is it pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, oh. Let's just live right. And God, if we go through any of it, God's going to protect us. God's got a purpose for us doing that. But that's just one of those, maybe you're right. I know what I believe. Maybe I'm right. Maybe you're right. Well, I'm just going to live my life the way God wants me to live, and we'll see. Third thing I want to talk about are the must. They're mysteries. There's some maybes, but there are some must, things we must believe. These are essentials of our faith. We must believe these things if we're going to go to heaven, okay? I want you to get this. Uh, you at home, I want you to get this. Because this is mandatory that you understand this if you want to go to heaven, how many want to go to heaven? Oh, I want to go to heaven. I'm going to heaven, matter of fact. Here's what we must believe. We must believe the Bible is the Word of God. This is our source of truth. Now, all other things that call itself truth must line up with the Word of God. And if it doesn't line up with the Word of God, it is not truth. It is a lie. So that's something we must believe. We must know this word. Oh, I hope you're getting into the Bible. 
You must know this word because when you, even a preacher stands up and preaches, there's sometimes I hear a preacher preaching, I'm like, I don't know about what he just said. If that lines up with the word, I'll go searching. I find, oh, no, that doesn't line up with the word of God. I'll give you one of those in just a moment. We must believe, if we believe the word of God, John 14, 6. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This is a must. Jesus is the only way to heaven. There is no other way. Jesus is the only way to heaven. Get that. You at home, get that. Understand that. Jesus is the only way. There is no other way. I am the way, Jesus is. I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We must believe. Jesus was born of a virgin, lived a sinless life on earth, died on the cross for our sins, was buried, and rose again from the dead. That's the gospel right there. We must believe the gospel. And let me just say, Jesus dying on the cross was enough. The cross was enough. When Jesus cried out, it is finished. Guess what? It was finished. His suffering was enough. Now, there is a teaching. It's going around in the body of Christ that Jesus had to die and he had to go to hell and he had to suffer and he had to be born again. That is a teaching right now. But that is not the truth. It doesn't line up with the word of God. Jesus did not have to go to hell to suffer and be born again. He was born right the first time. But he did go to the place of the dead. You know what he did when he got there? It's the Bible says in Peter, first Peter, it says he went and he preached to the spirits that were in prison. We don't have time to get in it. That's a mystery. Who were those spirits in prison? There are some discussion about that, but we won't take time to discuss that. But that's what he did. He was preaching about his victory and what he did on the cross. And guess what else he did when he was in the place of the dead or in hell? He took the keys of death and hell away from the devil. That's what he was doing in hell. He wasn't suffering. He was proclaiming his victory on the cross. And so that is something we must believe. And if we're going to go to heaven, we must believe that. And if we're going to live victorious in this world, we must believe that. We must believe John 3, 3 and verse 7. Jesus said to a great teacher who came to him by night, Nicodemus, he said, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is what? Born again. He cannot see the kingdom of God. Do not marvel that I said to you, Nicodemus, you must be what? Born again. Boy, that is a must. We must be born again. What does that mean? It means we are made up of a spirit, soul, and body. And our spirit, because of what Adam and Eve did in the garden, and their rebellion against God, their spirit died. It says they were going to die if they did that. But they didn't die physically, but they died spiritually. And their spirit was dead. And our spirit must be born again. And how are we born again? Well, in Acts 16.30, Paul and Silas finds himself in jail. 
And a great miracle took place. An earthquake came, opened the prison doors as they were worshiping God. And the jailer, who thought all the inmates escaped, he thought he was in trouble, ran to Paul and Silas after they said, Hey, hold on, we're all still here. And the jailer ran to them, knelt before them and said, Sir, what must I do to be saved? And they said what? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved and all your household. Oh, I like that. How can I be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's something else you need to believe. And it has to do with our salvation. To be saved and to walk in victory, we must have faith to believe. Hebrews eleven six. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. That he is rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And what does the Bible say in Romans 10, 8? What does it say? The word of faith is near you. Even in your mouth, in your heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made that brings us into salvation. We confess it with our mouth, and we walk into salvation. We believe it in our heart, and we, when we confess it, it brings us into salvation. Pretty awesome, isn't it? That God did something like that. I'll put it this way. Just remember this. It's easy as A, B, C. How do you get saved? Admit that you're a sinner. Believe in your heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead. See, confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you will be saved. It's easy as A, B, C. And I add a D to it, become a disciple. To be a disciple of Jesus, you must what? Read his word, get to know his word, fellowship with his people. Oh, I'm so glad you're here today. I'm so glad you're here. I'm glad you're watching online. I really am. But I'm telling you, watching online, as good as it is, is not as good as being among God's people. I've watched a lot of services online recently. But it's not like being in church. It's not like being among the people of God. I love being, oh, let me just give you a hug. Can I give you a virtual hug? Everybody hug yourself. They're online. You hug yourself, man. That's just me giving you a hug. But I like being here. I enjoyed the atmosphere I was in here this morning. I enjoyed the man band worship team. Man, I tell you, they brought us into his presence. I watched you as you were worshiping and lifting up your hands. I heard you singing your songs. It's the year of the mouth, and they said, muzzle it, church. If you even have church, don't sing. There have been pastors who've defied that. and said, we're not defying the government as such. We're just simply obeying the Word of God. Because we're his followers. And he said, don't forsake meeting together. Some of you do, but let's join together and encourage each other. I'm encouraged by being here today. Just your presence. We may not be able to have eyeball to eyeball conversation. But I feel 
something in this place right now. I feel your presence. I feel the presence of God in you. We must be disciples. If we're going to be disciples, we must be fellowship with each other. And we must grow in the grace and the knowledge of his will for our life. This church offers many places where you can grow in the grace and knowledge of his will for your life. God has a gift he's given you. You need to learn to operate in that gift as a disciple, follower of Christ. That's a must. You've got to learn how to operate in the gifts of God. This school has a, a seminary, ta- training people and uh, raising up young leaders to go out into this world that desperately needs to hear the message of Jesus. And to be a disciple, we've got to be telling others about him. You know, there's a scripture in the book of Samuel, 2 Samuel 14, 14, that says, God doesn't try to push people away, but he's devising ways of getting people to come back to him. And I believe right now God is devising ways of getting people to come. The Holy Spirit is still out in the world convicting people of sin, convincing them of what is right. And he draws them into church. He has them online, and all of a sudden they come across the church service. They go, ooh, let me stop there just a minute. And they hear the gospel message, and they're born again. God's doing his work. The Holy Spirit's doing his work. Now we've got to do our work. We've been called to be ambassadors for Christ and to tell other people about him. We must do that to be a disciple of the Lord. The last thing I want to say is we must realize that Jesus is coming again, just like he said. Acts chapter 1, verse 11, the same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like matter as you saw him go into heaven. He left earth, went to heaven. Guess what? He's coming again. Do you believe it? How close are we? Ooh, closer than we've ever been before to the second coming of the Lord, to the rapture of the church. Listen to Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, out of the New Living Translation. But now once for all time, he has appeared at the end of the age to remove sin by his own death as a sacrifice. Let me stop right there. It says he appeared at the end of the age. You know when the end time started when Jesus showed up? 2,000 years ago. That was the, when the end times began 2,000 years ago. You know, the Bible says one day with the Lord is like 1,000 years, and 1,000 years is like one day. Hadn't been long to him. It's just been a day or two. But see, that's where the end time started. He showed up at the end time to offer his life, his death as a sacrifice. And just as each person is destined to die once, and after that comes judgment. So also Christ died once for all time as a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people. He will come again. Not to deal with our sins, but to bring salvation to all who are eagerly waiting for Him. You got oil in your lamp? You keeping it burning? He's coming again in in a time when no one's going to be ready, the Bible says. But we can be ready. We, the followers of Christ, He's going to come in that midnight hour. He's going to surprise many people. But to us, it's not going to be a surprise because I'm expecting him at any moment. 
I want to live my life in a way that if he came, I would be ready and confident to go into his presence. We must believe he's coming in. And we must, listen to me, get ourselves ready for his return. We must get ourselves ready. Are you ready for his return? If not, you can get ready. I want you to get ready. I'm going to help you get ready. I have the privilege of coming back next Sunday, preaching again. It's going to lead me to my second message. And it's on the coming of the Lord. Two things are going to happen when he comes again. It's going to be two judgments. The great white throne judgment. Where those that have never said yes to him are going to be judged. And then they're going to be thrown into that lake of fire. Because they resisted the wooing of the Spirit in this day of grace. I'll say more about that next week. But then there's going to be the judgment seat of Christ. Now, that's not something we need to be afraid of. That is for all believers. I'm going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. You're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And I want you to stand before that judgment seat of Christ with confidence, readiness, knowing you've been cleansed from your sin by the blood of Jesus. What Jesus did on the cross, he did it for you because you believed in him. And there are things we can do to be ready. And I'm going to talk next week about things you can do. There are crowns you can obtain while you walk on this earth. We're going to talk about that next week. Why would you want a crown? Somebody said, I don't want a crown. I'll do this because I just love Jesus. No, I want all the crowns. Why? Because we're going to be able to lay them at the feet of Jesus in worship. So next week, we're going to talk about that. How can we obtain these crowns? There are five of them. I'm going to show you how you can get them all. And when you stand before the judgment seat of Christ, you can stand with confidence that Jesus is your Lord. How are, why should I let you into heaven? Because I trusted in the blood of your Son. There's mysteries in the kingdom of God. There are some maybes, but there are some things we must believe if we want to leave this earth and go to heaven. How about you? Oh, I want you to write those things down. I want you to write on the tablet of your heart. I want you to share them with other people that are in need of Jesus today. Family members, friends that need Jesus. Let's pray for them like we've never prayed for them before. Let's pray for the lost. Let's pray for the prodigal sons and daughters. Because Jesus' heart is, I'm not willing that any should perish, but all come to repentance. Let me ask you a question. Do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? Really know him as your Savior, as your Lord, as your friend. Do you know him? I trust you do. If you don't know him, let me just say something here today. You can know him. He stands here. He said, I'm, I'm knocking at your door. If you'll just open it, I'll come in. We'll fellowship together. We'll live together throughout all eternity. That's not a mystery. That's a reality. Jesus died so we could have life. Amen. Father, I pray today, Lord, for all of us that are in this room and those that are watching online, Lord, right now, I pray for those that have never met you. They've never opened up their heart to you. 
And Lord, right now, Lord, they're not on their way to heaven. But Lord, they can be at this very moment. Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I'm going to ask you if you're in this room right now, just call on His name. In your home, wherever you are, in your living room, maybe in your bedroom, you just call on the name of the Lord. You too can be saved. I probably have shared this story, but my friend Larry Lee found himself when he was 16 years old in a mental hospital. And he was having a nervous breakdown. Everybody look at me just a minute. I'll I'll tell you this story. He's having a nervous breakdown. And he said, as I was in that room, I began to think back about attending church. And he said, the only thing, I remember the preacher giving invitations. And he said, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And he said, I didn't know how to do that. But I knew he had a name. His name was Jesus. Jesus. And he said, all of a sudden, I began to call his name. Jesus. 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 Guess who showed up? Jesus. He said, Larry, I'm going to save you. I'm calling you right now to salvation. I'm going to make you a preacher. You're going to be a preacher of my word. The doctor came in. said, son, how are you doing? He said, oh, I'm doing good now. Well, how come you're doing so good? He said, because I just talked to God. He said, oh, yeah, take these four pills. You'll be better. He said, I don't need those pills now because Jesus saved me. He got out of that mental hospital and went on to be a great evangelist and win hundreds and hundreds of young people to the Lord. All it takes is calling on His name, Jesus. Isn't it wonderful? Let's do that. Let's all call on His name right now. Jesus. Do it again. Jesus. One more time. Jesus. Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And to all of us that have done that, given our heart to Jesus, we are now part of the body of Christ. We're making ourselves ready to stand before Him one day. It's going to be a marvelous day. Jesus is coming soon. Let's stand together. Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming soon. I said that 30 years ago. Jesus is coming soon. It's closer today than it's ever been before. He's coming soon. I look at things and I say, Lord, how can you let that keep going on? This is appalling to me what I see on our news sometimes. Jesus, I know you're coming soon. You're going to deal with all of this. But the reason he said, I haven't come, as of yet, says in Peter, the reason I haven't come, I'm giving you more time to get the gospel message out because I'm not willing that any should perish. Lord, thank you for giving us more time to get the gospel message out to those who need to hear it, who are lost and need your salvation. And Lord, I pray that we will be inspired anointed to go forth from this place and tell others about you the good news of the gospel of Christ. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen. All right. All right, take your mask because I don't want you to spit on anybody. But we're going to shout, okay? And look, look, we put on our mask so nobody gets... Uh, I do, this is the... You do this sometimes for the weaker brother principle. It's not about whether you have faith. Oh, I'm going to be all right. It's not about you. It's about others who want to come to church, but they're a little afraid. It's the weaker brother principle. That's why I wear my mask. So I'll put my mask on because I'm going to shout. Jesus is coming soon. We're going to shout it, all right? So I won't splatter. We're going to got my mask on. Okay, you ready? Ready? One, two, three. Jesus is coming soon. Amen. God bless you.